Hi, I'm Lucas Mack, and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Today is such an awesome episode. We get to hear from Salt Freedom. That's right, Salt Freedom. She is a brand activist, a thought leader, and a free speaker. And she has a phenomenal quote, which says, if you knew me yesterday, you don't know me. (laughs) Please welcome to the podcast, Salt Freedom. Wow. Okay. I I, have the chills everywhere. I'm so excited to be here with the (laughs) Lucas Mack. Thank you so much for having me on the Golden Rule Revolution. This is going to be awesome. My pleasure. Thank you for for joining. So I know it was my first question. Is that really your name? I know you've heard it before. And would you, would you please do me and us the honor of tell, tell us who you are and how you've come to be this amazing presence in this world? Oh, wow. Well, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, I, I show up as I am, so I don't know how amazing that is. Sometimes it's awesome. Sometimes <laughs> it's like, what the heck, Salt? What are you doing? And the main thing is so funny. You know, I, I really, it's almost like a study in human nature to watch people react to my name. And, um, and that is always the first question, like, come on, really? Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. really your name? <laughs> totally. You know? So it's so funny because to me, that brings up this whole other conversation about like real name. You know, that's the question. Is that your real name? And then Mm. I've I've really thought about that. Like how in our society, we believe that a parent has the right and to, you know, the privilege, yes, but the right to tell you what your name is and that is your real name. And somehow you have no influence, no say, Um, you know, if it doesn't feel like you or if you go through an experience where you want to change your name, we have this, this belief that it's not real. And I've come to just not really understand our desire to hold people to that name and, and sort of invalidate what comes next as, you know, somehow false. And so, you know, someone said to me, well, if your kid wanted to change their name, how would you feel about it? And I can honestly tell you, I would be 1000% on board Mm. if my son, you know, Caleb, or my daughter, Peyton. <laughs> Great names. <laughs> of course, I love their names, you know, like beautiful biblical significance. And actually, Peyton was like this really precocious, intelligent girl on a movie with The Rock. And we, we fell in love with her. So <laughs> I love it. I let my son be a major influence on her name. Um, but yeah, so I, I really would support that. And uh, well, where Salt came from was truly a personal transformation for me, mm. having you know, lived as uh, a really, really sad, depressed, small human being for the entire beginning of my life. You know, Mm. I shouldn't say the entire beginning. I should say somewhere around, you know, my, in my early years, I decided that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't smart enough, that I wasn't pretty enough, that I could never be perfect enough. And, um, you know, when my parents talk about me, when I was a little kid, they said I was like full of light and full of love and full of adventure. And I also had this streak of 
really, really intense commitment to excellence, perfection. You know, my work ethic was, it's like I came out, came out of the womb with like Gary Vee's work ethic, (laughs) (laughs) but without his (laughs) (laughs) F-bombs. That's so good. (laughs) So yeah, so I, you know, I was in gymnastics, I was in competitive gymnastics and dance and I was the A plus student. And as you know, I got the awards and I did the public speaking, you know, competitions and all of that. And I was driving, driving, driving for excellence, not knowing that the whole time I was trying to fill this void that only God can fill. Mm. And it was the void of like, you know, the good enough void. I feel like it's the human condition to question our value and to feel like we're not quite arrived, like we're not quite good enough. And I spent, you know, a lot of my life trying to seek out the external circumstance that would finally validate me as a human. Mm. And I would love to say that I handled it and then let it go and it never bothered me again. And, you know, as I was sharing with you on an, in another conversation, I feel like when we love God and when we want our life to be hands and feet to serve him and to grow his kingdom and we want to be that unconditional love, um, you know, source as we work through this human plane of earth, mm. um, we, we do get attacked. You know, there is a spiritual warfare component to life. And so I do feel like I, I, re, I get to revisit that conversation mm. uh, often. Uh, even today, I get to revisit the, you know, good enough conversation. And I think it's a blessing. I think it's a blessing because it keeps me relevant and connected and in an empathic, you know, state for mm. the clients that I coach and serve as they build their brands and become entrepreneurs and and you know, social change activists. So I, I understand them, you know, and I, and I can relate to them. And I don't, I don't want to be on a pedestal having everything handled and feel like I'm, you know, a million miles away. I don't want to be adored or worshipped. I want to be connected and I want to be loved. Mm. And so it, it allows me to, to connect with them that way. Um, and it keeps me humble, you know, and, uh, and I never want to be I never want to be a source of ego or pride and, uh, and remove myself from, you know, the hands and feet power that we can be in listening and connecting and seeing someone else's gifts. You know, that's something I've never had trouble doing. Lucas, seriously, from the minute you start talking, I'm like, whoa, whoa, gift of evangelism, <laughs> so positive, like super humble. Like I can just feel all of your energy and all of your gifts. And mm. I think it's really hard to do that for yourself. I agree. I do. It is hard to do. And also, I think that's why it, it it's created to be that way because we have to rely on others. You know, we were not made to live in isolation. I don't want to perform surgery on myself. <laughs> I don't want to, uh, you know, I'm glad there's butchers out there and farmers that are able to process the food. And same emotionally that we need people to speak life into us as much as we can speak life into ourselves. It it's, it's one thing, but really when someone comes and speaks life, that is such a, a gift. It's such a blessing. It really is. And, and like you said, we are, uh, you know, creative for community and speaking as an introvert, I mean, people would assume I'm an extrovert. I'm such an introvert. And, uh, <laughs> so the fact that we were created for community, sometimes I'm like, God, really? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. 
You know, and I remember, I mean, part of my story is I struggled with an eating disorder for 13 years. And I remember mm. being like, why did you make it so we had to eat? Like, why do we have to be okay with this? Mm. You know, and like, why do, we, why do we have communion? Why does it have to be around food? I just struggled so much with food as a result of struggling so much with, with you know, not feeling comfortable and secure and safe in who I was and, you know, wrapped up in a history of, you know, being bullied and just really feeling like a black sheep, like I never really belonged anywhere. And, mm-hmm. and so community has always been a struggle for me. So I always laugh every time I read those parts of the Bible. I'm like, really? Like... <laughs> <laughs> why, why can't I just, you know, pray all day and, and but, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. that's not what we're, right. we're not called here to, you know, live in a silo. We're called here to be in community and to have an effect, uh, you know, mm. in the world. And that means listening. That means supporting. That means hugging. It, you know, there's a reason why love is not a feeling. It is not only a feeling, it's a behavior. Yeah. And, um, and we're called to be that behavior even when we don't feel like it. My husband can attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You know, the great prophet John Mayer said, love is a verb. <laughs> so and true. It is. It's so like simply put, it, it is a feeling. It certainly is. And if not put into action, we must question, do we really feel it? Because one of the things I've learned in my life, and I've shared this with, with people in my inner circle and it's certainly a challenging belief, but I believe we've never done anything we didn't want to do, even when we weren't happy that we did it. Mm-hmm. Because we, we have 100% free will. And so the question I think then becomes, well, then why am I doing certain things? What is the trigger? But, mm-hmm. and it's a different paradigm. Like, okay, I, the first step is to admit, you know, here, here am I. Here's everything I'm doing. Here's what I want to do now. Work in me. Help me. Speak to me. Um, move me in the direction that you want me to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and to your point, I think taking full responsibility for our behavior, I mean, is crucial because a victim cannot save themselves. You oh, know, that's good. If we're being victim to our circumstance, then that means we have no power, control, or authority to shift it into something new. Mm. And so, you know, there's that conversation. And then, then there is the payoff conversation. If we're doing something, even if it is harming us, there is a payoff to why we are doing it and we are choosing it. And, mm. um, you know, I know for my struggle with my eating disorder, for instance, I wanted to be invisible. It was exhausting trying to be perfect. And I swung wildly between, you know, being in an anorexic state and wanting to be a vapor and be invisible and and not have to be noticed so that I could fail and it wouldn't be so public. All the way to the other end of the spectrum where I was bodybuilding, I was like 180 pounds. I was mm. like, and and literally trying to put physical armor around my squish, squishy, mushy, broken little heart so that I would stop being picked on, so that I'd stop being bullied, so that people wouldn't even want to come close to me to pick on me. And then what happened was you know, they didn't come close to me to mm. anything, to be friends, you know, to, mm. to support. And so it felt like moving through the world in a silo. And, uh, you That's know, being interesting. You, you kept them, you kept them away. You, you accomplished what you wanted, but the result was you were alone. Yes. Yes. Mm. Totally, totally alone. And, um, mm. And, you know, I have this commitment to thought leadership now, and I can see so much of, like, in that period 
where I was alone, you know, it, I became such a target for bullying. And I, I think sometimes, you know, I can even see it in my son sometimes, you know, he's excellent at sport and he's very well-spoken. He has extremely high level of intelligent, emotional intelligence. And of course he's not perfect. Sometimes he can veer into rigid and bossy and, you know, <laughs> I mean, none of us are perfect. <laughs> and I, I notice he, he gets a lot of that, those same types of conversations or challenges. He seems to be the person to, you know, that the that someone wants to take out at school or challenge or like mm. you know and so i kind of see that happening for him and i think about generational patterns and i think about you mm. know how when he was born I, I i he was my wake up call to be free because i was like oh man if i don't handle this eating disorder and all the toxic identities that are coming with it i'm going to paint them all over this child mm. and until then, I was really unwilling. I mean, the only time that my body was happy was when he was, he was inside my womb and I knew that it wasn't about me. Mm. Uh, and that was the healthiest that physically that I'd ever been in my life. And so, uh, uh, you know, after he was born, I remember looking down at my stomach and being like, oh my gosh, like, you know, he's already been out of my stomach for a day. Why do I still look like this? And I went right back to all mm. of my toxic behaviors. Um, you know, again, because I, I wasn't changing the mental conversation. The only thing I, right. I felt that I could try to change was the physical one. But um, hmm. I, might, I wanted to tell this story. Is it okay if I tell a, a story about when I was a kid and I was feeling picked on? Because I feel like... Please, please share. Yes. I feel, I feel like so many of these things, you know, and your story is incredible. I mean, the fact that you're alive, breathing, and, you know, on mm. a mission for God is a miracle. You Thank are you. a miracle. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I, I haven't shared this story publicly yet, and it was really interesting. I had an interview yesterday off the record, and uh, someone was like, why have you not shared this story? And I said, I have so many stories that, you know, the unsaved, unchristian uh, version of myself is like really, really saddened by. Hmm. Uh, you know, because that's who I was when I was showing up to these stories and not that we show up as perfect humans after we're saved. And we do have a different lens for looking at, you know, situations that we put ourselves in by freedom of choice. Right. Uh, that right. at the time, you know, we were selling our, we were selling ourselves, our souls, our integrity for something. And there is this moment where I was, had just been alone for so long and the target of building for so long. And I started to feel just so alone that I was willing I was willing to accept any friendship that I thought would physically protect me and give me some sort of scrap of friendship, you know? Mm. And uh, I ended up, you know, I, I remember walking through the, the pool hall and it was like the gauntlet for me. I had to walk like through people who were angry and uh, who, who wanted to, you know, beat me up or who would wait for me outside. And I, I remember, you know, hooking up with this group of people that, that looked intimidating and I was like, that's what I need. You know, this was after I had just run away from home and I lived with drug dealers downtown and had seen the most horrific things and mm. uh, got picked up by the cops and brought back because, you know, when you're 14, you get put back in your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. You're just going back, you know, and so... <laughs> Uh, not that not that there was any abuse happening in my house. I want to be clear about that because I know that mm -hmm. that's part of you know your story and other people's mm -hmm. stories, and it's really intense. That yeah. wasn't happening for me. Uh, I was just not feeling seen and not feeling heard, and mm. uh, and so anyway, so I ended up being friends with this group of skinheads, mm. and so naive. I was so naive in so many ways, and uh, 
So I remember being like, yay, I'm going to get to go to the pool hall. I'm going to get to walk through the front doors. No one's going to bug me because we were, all, we were always scared of those people. You know, mm. when, I, when I used to be friends with, you know, this, this group, they, they, we were scared of them. So anyway, I ended up being friends, quote unquote, with them. And I remember walking through and feeling like, yay, we made it to the tables and no one bugged me. And like, now I'm safe. And then I remember going to the counter to get the balls and uh, this man, this adult man came over to me and he said, do you know what you drew on your hand? Mm. And before we had left for the pool hall, I wanted to align myself with them. And there was an image on the back of all of their studded motorcycle leather jackets. And I was like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw that on my hand too. Mm. So I remember being so confronted and embarrassed because I had sold my soul for something that I didn't even know what it was. Wow. And so I remember going to the bathroom and trying to wash it off and feeling really embarrassed, not only because I didn't know what it meant and I couldn't defend myself in, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't explain like my point of view or, or the reason why I was rep- representing that. But also I was like, what the heck is this thing mm. that a man that I don't know, a grown adult man would come up to 14 year old me and say, what the heck are you doing? So I went home and of course found out it was, it was a swastika. Mm. So I can judge myself forever and feel shame, you know, about that. Or I can say, thank God that the Lord sent that man across that pool hall yeah. to confront, you know, to confront me and, uh, and to activate in me this lifelong passion for thought leadership hmm. and for standing for something and being able to intelligently back up what you believe, yes. why you believe it, the proof that it is true yes. for you, um, and to be passionate and inspiring about causes um, that matter to you. And, uh, and so I'm very grateful for that man. Um, and that, that's, I'm done being embarrassed about that story or feeling shame about it because I think it's, it's powerful. It is powerful. <laughs> 100% powerful. I, I've shared this on a podcast before this quote, but I think it's worth bringing up right now. A.W. Tozer said, a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. When you feel it, you'll never forget it. And you feeling what that man invoked in you in that question has, it was the imprint for your mission in life. And it doesn't matter what logic says or what someone, you know, well, you know, there's a theory, you know, you know, what's true. You know that you got carried down a current in order to feel better, but you didn't have control over the current, nor did you have control over the banks and and the flow and all that. And when you finally stood out of the current, because someone told you you're in a current, now you're able to pull others out of the current. And that is powerful. That, mm-hmm. is, that is such a powerful story to turn, especially who you be in the world, to, to want to feel protected so you see people that put the, who at the very essence of their waking up divide themselves or divisive in the world. 
you want to feel protected, so you join them, and then you wake up and you speak above all that narrative. And I think that the one of the most beautiful sayings, uh, Paul said that charity or you know covers a multitude of sins. That love covers. Love is the greatest. It is like a blanket, mm. and it just calms and soothes all of it. When you can step out of that current and speak love like you do and empower people like you do and be a light like you do, that is so beautiful in this world. And we need, I, I just, I hope never, ever, ever feel ashamed of that. The beauty is in that story. The beauty is in stepping out of the current. Well, thank you. Thank you for that acknowledgement and also for the reminder that love, it, it really is what heals all wounds. And you know that the do unto others, you know, we get to love ourselves first. Otherwise, yes. we do unto others the toxic, you know, things that we do unto ourselves. And exactly. I was so, I was so unable to truly be love to anyone for such a long time because I was so be hate for myself. That does. Um, that is. Um, I, th- I don't. I don't think that message has really settled into the social um, consciousness of of people. Is that what you don't? If you don't have, you cannot give. Mm. You just cannot give what you don't have, and so we cannot give love if we don't have love if we don't love ourselves if we don't receive love we just cannot give it and so you're right it i think intellectually people understand the golden rules like yeah that's that's the better mode to operate life is better the whole premise of this podcast is like what it's it combats what i call relational relativism if i treat you different than i treat myself if I have more power over you, then you are a servant to my will. It doesn't even matter what you try to do or think. And so that's how tyrants and abusers and, and all these people operate. But when we do unto others as we have them do unto ourselves, that is the only mode that keeps people from getting hurt. If, <laughs> and I think that's probably, I haven't really thought about that as clearly as we are right now, is if we are doing really well unto ourselves, But if we're abusing ourselves, then we're going to be abusive to others. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, if love is a verb, then loving yourself is not posting a quote card on Instagram. Mm. It's not wearing a t-shirt. It is <laughs> shifting the conversation in your mind and shifting the identity and the behavior that you live out such that you do become love for yourself. And that's, mm. you know, why I was saying earlier, I don't feel like that's ever handled. I mean, we live in a broken world where we constantly be giving messages that we're not good enough because it's financially makes sense for the world to tell us that we're not good enough and we need to right. buy xyz to in order to be good enough so we're we're in that container of you know you don't you're not it yet keep trying <laughs> mm. so it is going to be a practice of mm. loving yourself and returning to um to god to the father to yeah. God's vision of us, you know, like we are divinely minted. We were intelligent, intelligently designed, Mm. you know, and, you know, I love free will. And at the same time, I wonder, 
so, so much of how we think and what we believe. I mean, it's only possible to interpret every piece of information through the filter that we've developed since we were born that's been informed by everything we've taught, been taught and experienced. And so free will, I, I would love to think that I have 100% free will and I know how influenced my free will is hmm. on the information that I know. It's, it's, it's influenced by what I know that I know. Yeah. And what I know that I don't know, but it is not yet influenced by what I don't know that I don't know. And I'm on the constant <laughs> quest of adding to that, you know? So That's free, right. will, free will is equivalent to the level of self growth and spiritual growth that we have experienced up until now. And so mm. while, while we get to love ourselves, we also get in, to be in the constant practice of growing and learning. That's right. That's right. And, Staying humble and, That's and right. all of that. I was talking to a philosopher um, a couple of weeks ago because I listened to his podcast and he had this other scientist on. They were talking about determinalism and how everything, there's no order and it's chaos theory and everything is just coming. They're talking about the second law of thermodynamics where order turns to disorder and it just is going down this path of destruction. And I was listening to it and just seemed so empty and I, I friends with the philosopher and whose podcast I was listening, listening to. And I said, you know, love is the purpose of all existence and free will. Cause they're talking about free will. Do we have free will? Do we not have free will? And that's the split between John Wesley and, and um, John George Whitfield, where Armenianism versus Calvinism and like, you just end up the way you're supposed to be, or can you choose every day? And, and I was, thinking about their conversation on the podcast and I thought free will is the only mechanism that we have that gives us hope mm -hmm. because without free will, I would have no hope that I could be better or I could choose differently or I mean, and maybe it's not, I think we think free will as achievement of something, but really it's in that very present moment right now to say, I have the ability to choose differently whether I'm strong enough to or not, that's a different question, but I do have the ability to choose differently. And that, that sense of hope I think is so needed. So I completely needed. agree. I completely agree. Hope is so needed. Faith, yes. hope, and love. I mean, yes. in a lot of those philosophical conversations, they say that life is empty and meaningless and it's empty and meaningless that life is empty and meaningless. So <laughs> that's good. So, like, really, I mean, if that's what we agree that life is all about, I mean, we would not have any social order. We wouldn't have any values. We wouldn't have any rights and wrongs. We wouldn't have any laws. We would have nothing because everything right. would be empty and meaningless. But there is, there is a value compass that exists, albeit it's dynamic person to person. Uh, and it does exist. You know, people agree that there is at some point a line that you cross over that makes a wrong. Yeah. So if that's not coming from a divine source, and if that is truly all subjective, then I mean, I guess life would be empty and meaningless, but I don't agree. I don't agree yeah. that we, we yeah. don't have reason for hope. We don't have reason for faith. And we, you know, because we, we do, we have, we have faith, hope, and love. And those are the three guiding forces of this experience of life. <laughs> mm, love it. Uh, I love talking with you. I am, sis, I'm so honored that you're on the show. I'm so honored. I'm, I'm happy you're alive. I want you to know that. I'm happy that, I, that you're on this earth living your mission. It makes me, I feel encouraged because you are doing what you're doing. I just want you to know that.
Well, you just gave me the holy shiver, holy, <laughs> holy shivers again. <laughs> Those Holy Spirit shivers, they're on the right side. I don't know what it's up with that. But th- thank you so much. You know, some days you wonder if what you do makes a difference, if anyone's listening, if it's shifting conversation or consciousness or self-love mm-hmm. or um, service. It has you for know, me. And- I want you to know. it ha- thank you. you. Yes. If you look no further than me, it has for me. I'm so blessed to hear that. Thank you so much. And it says so much about you that you would take the time and publicly affirm, you know, me. I mean, I was just having a conversation yesterday with someone about how, you know, if we live for compliments, then we die over insults. And and so while we don't get to live for compliments, it is really good, you know, it has a really great feeling to know that when you dedicate your life and your soul and you know your work to something that it has a positive impact for someone hmm. and your that. work has so i mean like like we were saying earlier as we kicked off the show like we have never met in person this right. is our actual first live conversation and <laughs> yes. somehow yes. through like spiritual you know communication we just feel like we've known each other forever yes uh, it's it's awesome. I really, it's, uh, it's mind blowing. This is our, yeah, I'll be like a few minutes before I hit record. This is our very first time talking and, uh, I love it. And I know it will not be our last. That is, that also excites me. That also excites me. Me too. Um, I want, so you're first, you are an incredibly, um, you're an amazing entrepreneur. You're an amazing brand expert. And I want people to know how to find you, to hire you, to work with you. So how can people find you? Oh, wow. Thank you for asking. Uh, I Actually, when you said brand, I feel like you did branding work too, right? In the past. You, yes. Yeah. I wonder if like we have so much in common, you know, some of our darkest moments of, you mm. know, suicide attempts and, yep. and really like questioning life and you know, loving God, but feeling abandoned, you know, by him. I mean, we have all these connections that are, that are these dark experiential connections. And then we have all these sort of random, like branding love and (laughs) (laughs) podcasting and, you know, uh, leadership training that we've both taken. So it's so interesting to see how our lives are, are so woven in experience. And yet, you know, we're just being connected now. So I'm excited to see like excited to see what happens. So Thanks. yes, I run, um, well, you can find me on Instagram at salt freedom. Yes, that's my legal name. And no, I won't show you my driver's license, but it is on there. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, yeah. And then also I'm really excited because we are on September 24th, we are launching the Salty Truth podcast. Ooh, that's cool. Which will be everywhere. So, so excited. We're actually going to drop an entire season um, so that our entrepreneurs can binge watch all about, you know, freedom of speech, uh, spiritual entrepreneurialism. We want to talk about brand activism and uh, message apologetics, you know, so really Mm -hmm. understanding what you believe, why you believe it, being able to back it up, being able to speak intelligently about it, be persuasive about it so you can be a force in the world, all Mm -hmm. while being white hat because there are a lot of ways to do that uh, in dark hat, you know, yep. with manipulation or, or selfish motives. And so yeah. our, our podcast is really all about supporting entrepreneurs to uh, respectfully embrace 
the polarization and, uh, you know, like really stand for what you believe. And that takes bravery. It takes courage. It takes um, an articulate level of communication. You know, it takes a lot of skill sets. I mean, we know, you know, you, you look at having your own business and then, wow, doesn't it look great? And then you get in and you're like, whoa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is intense. It's a butt kicker. Yep. Oh man. I tell tell people I would not wish the first three years of business on anyone. (laughs) It is, it's hard, but it's worth it. It's just, I wish you could bypass that, that initial dip, but, uh, (laughs) right. Well, I mean, you can skip being a beginner, but you can skip looking like a beginner. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And I mean, it really is about who you hang out with you know, and, uh, and not being the biggest fish in your fishbowl. Like you get to be the tiniest fish, you know, and, mm. and I'm constantly inviting littler fish into my bowl and then jumping into the next bowl where I'm like a teeny tiny puny little fish. <laughs> I love that. Um, um, you just reminded me of, so everyone, I want everyone to go to Salt's website, which is saltandlight.love. I love your site. The experience in the, me- I mean, it scrolls and you get this. I mean, I love, let's see. I scroll down to one part. You get to let go and align your spiritual gifts with your brand mission, design a unique optical um, identity that sets you apart. I, your messaging is amazing. And I love the texture. <laughs> I just, I'm on your site right now. I'm like, everyone gets to go and see this beautiful, beautiful soul that is a servant in this world. And so. Thank you. I, yeah, I really you appreciate I lo- I've lo- I loved being here. I, I hope you'll have me back. And oh, I feel, I definitely. feel like you and I have been doing our work for longer than we've known. We've been doing our work. You know, I, mm. I some of my videos I talk about, you know, feel when I was 14 and dyeing my hair blue and, and, you know, being interpreted as being like rebellious and giving the world the middle finger. And I was really like, no, I really just think this looks better. <laughs> Like, actually, I think we should dye your hair blue too, mom. You know, like, I'm so not good. trying to offend you anyway. So, so like, I feel like I've had this desire to, um, you know, to stand out and be unique and uh, stand for something, you know, and have, have my life here matter. And I think a lot of your audience, a lot of my audience, they have that same commitment. They want life to be meaningful. They don't subscribe to the philosophy that life is empty and meaningless. They believe that there is a purpose. There is, uh, we are designed for a purpose that it takes courage to say yes. And it takes an army to, to raise all of these, um, beautifully socially activist entrepreneurial businesses. And, you're up to what you're up to here is to supporting people to do that and to align their life with their uh, with spiritual truth and align their behavior with being a blessing and and I have that same vision and that same commitment. So hmm. let's support each other and support yes. our audiences. I'm, yes. I'm so excited to have yes. connected with you. Thank you. It has been such a pleasure having Salt on. Like I said, please go check out her website, saltandlight.love. Find her on Instagram. She's powerful. She is her name. She is salt, freedom. She is light. She is love. And she's been a huge encouragement to me. And it's such a pleasure having her on today. As always, thank you for listening. Comment, like, share, post. Join the conversation. What about your life? 
What is going on in your world that you can share with others? Comment below on Facebook. Let us know how we can support you in this journey of treating people like people and nothing less. I'm Lucas Mack. This has been the Golden World Revolution, and I look forward to speaking with you on the next episode. Mm-hmm.